Miami has the Dolphins. Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? It's me, the guy going to the playoffs. He's hurting because his team didn't matter anyway. Mike McDaniel's cojones. What? Okay. I, I, I think it. hope for your sake that Mike McDaniel runs the ball a little more. Mm, I went back and looked at some numbers here for you, and I think you're going to appreciate this. Oh, I love numbers. Give it think it's, it's mind-boggling to me that every single time that Tua has a good game, Danny, they decide to move the goalpost a little bit. Supposedly Tua can't throw. Supposedly. He doesn't care. <laughs> I think Tua can throw. I think we got to throw that that uh, that narrative out the window. I'm trying to get excited about it, but I'm too battered to allow myself the opportunity to say, you know what? It's I feel 100% certainty that we're going to win this game now. Uh, no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages, the Battered Fins fans show is back. We're a little rusty, after, a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, after a multitude of weeks off, um, I think the last show, if I'm not mistaken, was immediately right after that playoff no, loss to the was, Kansas City it was Chiefs. The, the day after, because you didn't want to talk. That's right. It was the day after. See, <laughs> see I can't even remember. So, besides yeah. some guest spots here and there, we've we've decided to like, you know, actual take a break, which I'm yeah, sure, sure that. People have gotten their their content from either Dolphins Talk or Dolphins Thirsty or the the 10th Street Hialeah Boys. One way or another, you, we know you've gotten your fix. But the batteredness is back with you guys. And we, we definitely want to talk about some things that have happened over the last several weeks since we've been gone. But before we do all that, Danny, welcome back to the show, sir. How the hell you been? It's been good. It's been good. I've, I've taken time away from all football, all teams. I feel like the sport doesn't even exist for a good month. I started paying a little more attention to the, the world's football. Uh, Inter-Miami came back, and so I've been diving into that. But now that the combine is around the corner, free agency is about the corner, I'm finally ready to come out of that football cave and uh, and get back into it, man, because being a battered football fan isn't easy. So you just need a little time to yourself before you can get back into it. And I think if you've been a fan of the show, I think most people realize this by now, at least from us, we don't like to oversaturate. No. We understand there is a group of people who love podcasts. There's a group of people who love catching more news about their team over and over again. But what we enjoy doing is not oversaturating our audience and just giving you our thoughts when it's time to give you our thoughts. March 12th is free agency, you know, that's a big day. You know, the 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 people have been getting cut already, which we'll obviously discuss today and our thoughts on that. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is when we go live or when we drop an episode, we drop an episode around the fact that we you haven't seen us in a week. So now you get our thoughts. And we obviously want to hear your thoughts as well, because obviously we know you guys have gone to other channels to be able to drop your two cents. But now we want you to drop your two cents here because we honestly want to know which how you guys feel about everything that's going on. But Danny, let's get to the to the main course. And this is why I call it the main course, because when the season ended, I believe I told you I saw a I saw a I saw something that told me that I don't think Vic Fangio was coming back. Now I didn't think he was gonna get fired. I, I didn't think that he was gonna get fired, but I thought he could potentially retire. It ended up being that he ended up going to Philadelphia. You know, I don't know if there's tampering there or not, but it, it moved it moved kind of quickly, Danny. It moved right, quickly. right, right. 
So did. before we, t- we before we talk about the man who took the position, when the news dropped, were you surprised? I was very surprised. I was very surprised, and I was more surprised at the reaction from the players. Right? So I forgot who it was, but somebody had like a video of somebody kicking rocks. I, it was like I was like, what? Like I thought everybody was really hyped about this whole Vic Fangio. Great defensive mind. The Dolphins' defense is looking really good this year. Like, I was very surprised. And I don't know if you you were as surprised as I was. I mean, I'm sure people on the inside maybe knew that there was something going on. But outside of that, I I don't remember anybody thinking that Vic Fangio had any uh, tumultuous type of relationship with the players. Like, that, that was news to me. Well, here's the reason that I thought he was gone. We got to watch an in season of hard knocks of the Miami Dolphins. Right. One of the things we never saw was Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio actually communicating on Hard Knocks at any point in time. That's you saw, okay. you, yeah. you, you saw you saw one standing on the opposite side of the sideline. You always you saw Mike McDaniel conversing with almost every single player and coach, but never Vic Fangio. Now it could be just from Vic Fangio's standpoint, he just didn't want the cameras on him. He's not about that life. He's an old head. Right. Like I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to talk about this team. So it could be that. The other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way with Vic Fangio is no player came out and out like said and threw him under the bus but uh, by the way Jalen Ramsey has been doing an amazing job of throwing him under the bus without actually putting his name out there but you could tell that certain players during after games were saying we're just not being used correctly or we're not have the freedom to be able to do what, what what's best for us in our play style and when Xavier Howard eventually just got cut um, Jalen Ramsey took a shot at him and said, love playing with you, this and that. But I, I'm still upset that they didn't let us do what we do best. Now, obviously, you've had your thoughts on Xavier Howard. Do you think he's over the hill? You think mm-hmm. he's done, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I honestly feel that a lot of what Vic Fangio was running also didn't complement what Xavier Howard was. Because when you go back three years ago, when Xavier Howard was playing top-notch football, he was roaming around the field. He was chasing the best receiver. He had free game to go after the ball. That's not Vic Fangio's style. So because of those two things, I thought he was going to be out the door. But then you but, flip it. But we knew that, that him coming in, that that's the type of defense that he played. Right. And I thought that, listen, I'm not shitting on Vic Fangio, by the way. He, we were a 32nd ranked defense. He made us top 10. At one point, we were top five. And like we I all believe- predicted, right. Right, and we finished, I think, top eight, if I'm not mistaken. Those those were the final numbers. So, obviously, he did come in here and do his job, made us better on defense. But also, when it mattered most, Danny, his stubbornness would kick in, and it would be a detriment to us because he wouldn't allow Jalen Ramsey to follow the best receiver on the opposite team. He wouldn't blitz or force pressure on, let's say, Will Levis during that Titans game. He let him stay back there a lot, and eventually that's the reason we lost the game. That was the not all of, of it. The season. Right, right. Not all of it, but it had something to do with it. Right. Now on the flip side, we start talking about Anthony Weaver. As a player, he played for the Ravens and Texans. Mm-hmm. Then he started his coaching career in Florida, North Texas. He your New York for a year. Yeah. Your New York Jets in 2012. Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans. He's been around. And mm-hmm. when I saw the press conference and I'm listening to him talk, by the way, I love the way he talks. I thought this is it off the back. This is a better marriage for Mike McDaniel. than Vic Fangio was, I feel like you ask him a question and I know Mike McDaniel, he'll beat around the bush a little bit, but he'll answer the question that's asked of him. 
Anthony Weaver, right away, whatever questions that he gave you a direct answer for the questions you were asking him. Is he going to be what we need on defense? Nobody knows. Because when they ask him about what kind of scheme he runs, he goes, if you marry yourself to one specific scheme, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, basically. Because you, there's a lot of different off offenses that are ran in the NFL, and if you only stick to one, it's going to be a detriment to you. So what were your thoughts when Anthony Weaver got hired and the press conference that you that you watched? Uh, the press, I, I, much like you just said, I really enjoyed listening to him speak. There's certain people that I just enjoy listening to them, their press conference. They're just good speakers. Mm -hmm. And he is one of those. I thought that he was very eloquent in the way he explained things. And I think one of the, my favorite things that he said was kind of like what you just said is, is that he said that he can't get married to a scheme. I like that he is ready to adjust his scheme to his players. Because Vic Fangio isn't that guy. Correct. Vic Fangio is like, this is the way I play, and, and you you're gonna like figure it. out how to do it. Right. You gotta figure out how to do it because it works. In his mind, it works. So we're gonna figure out how to make it work with you. And I kind of like that because, for example, Mike McDaniel, that's what he does. You have Tyreek Hill, so you figure out how to get the most out of Tyreek Hill. And how does he get the most out of Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill is constantly in motion mm -hmm. because he needs to figure out how to get the most out of Tyreek Hill. When they asked him about Jaden Ramsey, he was talking so lovely about Jaden Ramsey. And he's like, but I got to make sure that I get the most out of Jaden Ramsey. And this is a conversation that you and I have had over the years about most defensive coordinators. Because nowadays, you don't see the Daryl Revis cornerbacks that follow the best receiver. But that's more of a defensive coach um, decision. Right. Because, for example, if I have, uh, have mm. Jaden Ramsey on my team and mm. I, he's shutting down one half of the field, that's cute. That's great. But if Stefan Diggs is on the other side of that 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 uh, that line of scrimmage and he's yeah. putting up ten catches, two hundred yards, and two on the touchdowns, opposite side of the field, right, right. So, so what are you gonna say? Oh, look, Jalen Ramsey didn't give up any catches. Great fucking job. But Stefan Diggs still blew up. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you have somebody that can shut down a receiver. Make sure he shuts down the receiver. Otherwise, it's exactly. completely useless because it's very easy to game plan around that. When I can just literally move my receiver into the slot or the other side of the field and still be productive. And it's dumb, but I really like that he said that. He's like, this is our guy. He needs to move around. I need to figure out how to make him effective. They did it over there in, with the Ravens. Uh, forget this kid's name. His last name's Hamilton. Uh, yeah. but, but he is versatile. They move him all over the place because he's their best defensive back. If your best defensive, best defensive back is Jalen Ramsey and he's versatile, you move him around. And it looks like this is what this guy's going to do. I that, That's kind of the reasons I liked it. Now, the reason I said room for my optimism is – those, those are, by the way, great points that you brought up because those are the points that I was going to bring up. The fact that he's not married to a scheme, the fact that he wants to use his best players where they would fit best, we're just, listen, talk is talk. We got to see it on the field, right? We got to see it on the field. He's he's never ran a defense um, in his career yet, but he has been a defensive coordinator in, with the Texans. And by the way, they were terrible that year. So take for, take that for what you will. In 2020, they were terrible. I think the only good player on that team, Danny, was J.J. Watt. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure he was the only player worthy of even mentioning in 2020. But another thing that, that I took away from this press conference that I really enjoyed is the fact that he said he has failed before and now he's he's been able to learn from that as well. John uh, working with John uh, John Harbaugh in Baltimore has been a great teaching for him because John Harbaugh is also a defensive guy. So. Does he have the career? of a Vic Fangio? No. 
But Mike McDaniel also never was a coach before. And I know I'm going to catch some flack for this. And back-to-back season, he's brought the Miami Dolphins to playoff victory. What's up? Look who's, look who's on the show here. Look who's on the show right oh, here. Oh, snap. <laughs> so in, in, two, in two seasons, he's brought the Dolphins to back-to-back playoff. Not been done since Dave Wanstash, Danny. So why can't we get the same production from a new or some not newish defensive coordinator? Are you are you optimistic about the opportunity that um, Anthony Weaver has? A hundred percent. And I'm gonna tell you something. I've I've when in the NBA, when somebody's drafting a player in the mid to late first round, just draft somebody from Kentucky because there's a good chance that the kid got some type of skill. Yeah, you should just roll the dice. Maybe he won't work out, but it's a safe bet. If you're hiring a coordinator. What are the two most consistent uh, franchises over the last 15 years? I'd say it's the 49ers and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And you got the offensive coordinator from the Ra- uh, from the 49ers, Mike McDaniels, your head coach. And yep. now you have the assistant head coach from the Ravens on this team right now as your defensive coordinator. When you are taking guys that helped maybe not build the blueprint, but they've been a part of that blueprint on two very consistent uh, franchises and you bring them to the Dolphins that could only mean good things they're yeah. bringing some of that culture from both those franchises over here Ooh. so I think and I, I am Ooh. all for hiring a young coordinator like this whole Vic Fangio 70 years old or however old he is like I, I don't know like it's just not th- that's not the way I would go and I'm kind of glad that they didn't go that way again because I, I think the young coordinator is the way to go nowadays that was my fear with Leslie Frazier. I felt like Leslie Frazier had a good resume, but it was kind of like doing the same thing of, of Vic Fangio. I liked that they went younger. I liked the fact that they went young to, I don't say younger, but new to the disposition. And I, I get it. People are going to be like, listen, there was a lot of heat. Oh, as soon as, well, why, why him? He's never done this before. At the time he did it, he sucked. I think that's the battered fan within all of us that is just quick to just say, it's not going to work. Listen, Mike McDaniel, I get it, guys. Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going off topic here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are the Dolphins a winning franchise in the last 20-plus seasons? No. Would you consider them to be a winning franchise? So when people get pissed at us for not winning, get mad. I get it. Get mad. But we're not a winning franchise. But you know what we have been, Danny? Over the last two seasons, we've been a winning franchise. 100%. 100%. We've, been, we've been a team that's made the playoffs back-to-back season. It hasn't been done since the early 2000s, listeners, Dolphin fans. I get it. It's quick to just poo-poo on everything that comes out. And out of the 32 teams, there's probably less than 10 teams that were in the playoffs the last two years. I mean, I'd have to go back and check. But right. the majority of the time, teams don't make the playoffs two years in a row. So I'm pretty confident in saying there's less than 10 teams in the league that have made the playoffs two years in a row. We were at one time. You're absolutely right. But how when? long ago was that? The How early long ago 90s? was that? Right. That's that's really all you could go to because as soon as Marino left, and granted, it was horrible his last year. Yeah. We did make the playoffs. We got rocked by the Jaguars. But look how far you have to go back to saying we were decent at a time. We fielded a great defense. We had great defenses for many years. But mm-hmm. we, we weren't winning the way we were supposed to. Now you could go to say the last two seasons we've been a winning franchise. But let's move on from that. By the way, I am mad about it. We're still making changes, and it could be frustrating, but we're still moving on. All right. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I agree. 
Good night. Fins up. Franklin Stubbs. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for being here. My question, and I know I know this is off by the way. By the way, I just I love the fact you threw the word culture in there. Because you know we're all about heat culture down here. And if you could bring some of that Baltimore Ravens culture and Niners culture to the Miami Dolphins, you're talking about winning. I believe in coaching trees. I do. So do I. I believe in coach, and he was the assistant head coach to John Harborough. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. If you're looking from facts, if you're looking from back then, sir, I wasn't born in the 70s yet. I came 13 years later. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah. Your point. I forgot what my point was, but I believe in coaching trees. That is All ultimately right. what it is. So, Danny, we're trying to get under the cap, sir. And I don't know if you know, we're somewhere roughly, it was like 45 to $50 million above I, said salary cap. Uh, it's over, it was over, I want to say it was 51, 52 that the Dolphins were over. But with the increase in cap space, that like cut it down by like 13 mil. So now right. it's like in the 40s. And then you cut Emmanuel Ogba, which I kept complaining that was the highest paid player on the team, the you biggest were. the biggest salary uh, hit. And he is now cut. And I think that cuts it down like another 13 mil. So the Dolphins are somewhere in the 30s, which with restructuring some contracts and cutting some more players, I mean, you're in a much better spot with the cap increase. I, I agree. I agree with you. So I'm not going to ask you which player – is obviously the biggest gone. I think we both agree it would be Xavier Howard as which one hurt more, Xavier Howard, Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah, because he actually played. Right. Granted, my namesake, Emmanuel, um, hate the fact that he that even when he had the opportunity this season, he didn't make the most of it. But again, a lot of a lot of people, people who are much smarter than I am, were saying the fact that he did just could not play well in the Vic Fangio system. It could be that. I know he's not retiring. He'll go somewhere, and we, and we, I at least wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully, he doesn't end up being a Jet and then really good on the freaking Jets. But I'm going to name you a couple of positions here. All right. Of people who could potentially be cut, by the way. And by the way, just potential upcoming free agents, Danny. I'm going to throw some names at you before I tell you who else we should get cut off this team. Salvin Ahmed is a free agent. Go to the wide receiver room. Braxton Berrios, Robbie Chosen, Chase Claypool, River Craycraft, Cedric Wilson Jr. All gone as potential free agents. Don't bring on them the, back. On the offensive line, Robert Hunt. That one, that one, that one is my you need to re-sign. That is my you need to re-sign Robert Hunt. Connor Williams. Kendall Lamb, Connor Williams, Isaiah Wynn. Mm-hmm. Just those names alone. You got to figure why to get Isaiah Wynn back. I think he played very well. Kendall I Lamb agree. played very well. Connor Williams. Danny, if there's if there's somewhat somehow some way that we draft a center in the first round, and I know I'm going, but I'm just saying, Connor Williams was a pro bowler, and he's a pro bowler center, but he was a really good player at guard. If we could draft a center and move him back to guard, now you solidify with Robert Hunt and Connor Williams in that guard position, where you don't so have. To should, were you saying that we should keep Connor Williams? Yes, 100. We keep Connor Williams as well, but again, we're 45 to 50 million over the salary cap. You, you I, also got to Right, you do got a big choose for me, Connor Williams or Robert Hunt. I'm going Robert Hunt. Okay, okay. So I, I feel I feel like the team's offensive line started struggling the most when Connor Williams went down. I agree. Big names: Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins on the defensive line. Both defensive tackles are free agents this year. Obviously, bring back Christian Wilkins, right? Right, and we're gonna get into that in a little bit because I, I am interested in when your opinion on something. Yeah. Yep. Linebackers, obviously all the old guys we picked up at the end of the season, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, Bruce Irvin, Andrew Van Ginkle is the only name on that list. I'm like, 
again, he's not this guy. Back. This guy's gonna get paid, and it probably but won't be by huge, us. Huge money. No, no, though. no. But he's gonna get paid though. He's gonna get paid. He's gonna, he's gonna pay. That's another thing. And don't let me forget because I, I I have another question to ask you about that. All right, sure. go ahead. Eli Apple, Justin Bethel, Elijah Campbell, Nick Needham, all obviously. I'm not hurting about Eli Apple being being gone. Um, for me, it's Nick Needham. I think he was playing really well under the Vic Fangio's. I mean, sorry, 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 not Vic Fangio system. Under that guy that shall not be mentioned, that coach who uh, benched two or too many times, but he played very well under Mister Flores. Mm-hmm. I, I I could do without Nick Needham. That one doesn't hurt me as much. Great person in the locker room, but after two bad seasons, obviously one was injury related. Yeah. Well, and one of the emphasis on in uh, in Weaver's press conference when Mike McDaniel spoke was the player development, right? Defensive player development. Vic Fangio was not Agreed. interested in, def- in in developing Cam Smith at all. Oh. Like Cam Smith, like everybody's like, "Yo, this kid might have something." And Vic Fangio's like, "Meh, mm, no, nah, I'm good." No, he's not not he, he's knocking at the door, but he's not ready to come in. It's like, yeah, "Shut up, yeah. shut up, man." Yeah. So like he's not he doesn't seem like he's very into player development apparently uh, Anthony and Weaver, Weaver is, is. so yeah. hopefully that that means good things for Camp uh, Camp Smith and uh, we can see uh, something else. I was disappointed with Barris. I had a listen. I did too. I thought he was going to solidify that number three wide receiver on this team. I I didn't think that it was going to be Cedric Wilson. I didn't think it was going to be anybody else on the team. I thought it was going to be Braxton Barrios taking that number three spot very easily. It didn't work out that way. Now, granted, I don't think it was his fault, Gloria. I think this offense his past season was very Tyreek-centric. And if it wasn't Tyreek, it was Waddle. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't Waddle, they were running the ball. I don't blame any of that on, on Mr. Berrios. Um, Danny, quarterback room. You got two. Obviously, he's going to be counting against the cap for $23.3 million this upcoming season. Obviously, they want to get him re-signed real quickly. Won't spend too much time on it. I think I told you on that last episode about six weeks ago now. Damn, has it been that long? About six yep. weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wouldn't pay him this next season. I would let him play under that fifth year. Your thoughts, sir? Definitely a gamble. Um, if, you're th- if you're thinking cap, I get why you do it. Right. But my my explanation to you six weeks ago was you'll basically be in a in another Ryan Tannehill isk position when when they if gave Ryan Tann- if, when they yeah. gave Ryan Tannehill that bag yeah he played he played well but there was nobody else to give said bag to so in this position are you giving him that bag now or this time allowing him to play on that fifth year I would personally allow him to play on the fifth year me too okay. All right. Wait, okay, well, we're going to get to Christian Wilkins in a second. All right, I'll, yeah, I'll hold yeah, my yeah. time. Yes. All right, uh, running back room. Obviously, Devon H.A. is not going anywhere. He is your guy. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, both on, on one-year contracts. If you cut them, Raheem Mostert is 2.7. Jeff Wilson is 2.9. For me, for me, you restructure uh, Raheem Mostert. Maybe give him another year. Very bonus incentive to see if he could do it again next year. But I, I don't mind cutting uh, Jeff Wilson and having a running back room as of right now of Devon HN, Raheem Mostert, and Chris Brooks. What about you? Is it a hot take if I tell you I don't think Raheem Mostert's on this team next year? I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think there's a potential uh, that he could potentially not. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's he's on this team next year. I think that he gets cut. Je- Jeff Wilson. I, I don't know. He, he just didn't see the field enough. Yeah, he did. But he did. No, I, I think Raheem Oster is is. I mean, he's how old is he? Thirty one now. Yes, he's thirty one. I I think he's thirty one. He's thirty one with the body of a twenty seven year old. And what I mean by that is his usage hasn't been that high because he was injured. Correct. Yeah. Um, in the tight end room, by the way, hold on, hold on. I got to shout out this guy. I was on a show a couple weeks ago. Sammy from Finch TV. Connor Williams' deal could get tricky coming off the injury. Won't be ready for season start. Cassidy after June first from Howard's cut could be key to signing William. You're right. You're right. Very good point. By the way, man, this guy puts on a hell of a show. If you're not following already, follow Finch TV. That guy puts on a hell of a show. The graphics, the music. It, it was so fun to be on that show, Danny. He he obviously wanted you on, you know, but it's on you're a Jet fan. It's okay if we don't have him on. Um <laughs> wide receiver room, Danny. Out of these names, me, I don't think you have to. If you could figure out a way to restructure, not restructure, sorry, sign long term Jalen Waddle now, I would. Yes. That's what I would do right now. He only counts eight point six. And if I'm I'm just throwing this number out there just to say if you cut him, it's going to be $23 million in, in savings. Fucking crazy to cut Jalen Waddle. By the way, the fact that people were – the fact that there were fans – hold on, hold on. Can you see me? The fact that there were fans saying we should trade Jalen Waddle, please go to the Miami Bridge right by the Miami Arena. Go to the very top and just go. I'm just going to throw that out there. Tyreek Hill seconds that. Jalen Waddle is the future of this team, and you mm-hmm. don't trade away Jalen Waddle. Um, really no wide receivers in that room that I would get rid of, Danny. It, it won't really help us in any cap oh, you, room. You, you're telling me that you want Chase Claypool back? No, Chase Claypool's a free agent. Chase, I, I meant, You don't want him back? So, no, the fact... <laughs> at tight end. You know what? I'll take him at tight end. I'll take him at tight end. Yeah. Um, offensive lineman. Potential cuts. Teron Armstrong said that he may retire. You know what? I wouldn't be mad if he does. Uh, Lesser Cotton, he played he played well the time that right. he was on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Liam Meikerberg, you could save one point eight million if you cut him. Why not? I would um, I would do it if I didn't save anything. Right, I, I'd take the cap hit. <laughs> I take the cap hit. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, on the defensive line, there's really nobody worth cutting that's going to save you any money. Uh, linebackers, linebackers. Jerome Baker, you could potentially save nine point eight million if you cut him. Right, um, keep him. I keep, I, I keep Jerome Baker. So do I. One hundred percent. The fact that yeah. he he pulled a Jalen Ramsey. What I mean by that is he should have been out longer after getting that self inflicted same team injuring you, basically mm-hmm. almost blowing out your knee on the sideline. The fact that he came in, played with a broken wrist in that final game, and played Danny that one big tackle before half like that just co- shows you the kind of player the drone biggers i would not cut him um looking at emmanuel Alba, like i said he's gone you we saved 13.7 with him those are the, the exact number you called there's really no other person on there channing tyndall is only 951,000. who's channing tyndall we don't know he hasn't really played he hasn't, he hasn't had a chance because uh vic fangio doesn't let the young guys play i, I bet you that kid's gonna be a baller next year He's a uh, baller in college. Let's go to Franklin Stubbs. Resign Hunt, Lamb, Win, Christian. 
Jesus Christ, we need a lot of money for all this, man. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I Listen, the only one that I'm on the fence about, the only one that I'm on the fence about is giving Tua that money now. If you know me, and Gloria, you know me very well, I, I really do like Tua. I, but I've been jaded because I really like Brian Tannehill. Not the greatness of what Ryan Tannehill was because he was never great. But they give you everything they can when they're on the field, and that's Tua. Tua does give you everything he can, but I don't think he has that level. Like, people are upset at Tua, but I, I'm trying to say this as politely as possible. I've People are mad at Tua because he hasn't taken that next step. I always looked at Tua as what he is, what he is right now. I don't think he's that guy that gets you to the next level. I think everything has to be perfect around him for him to be able to get you to that next level. So that's why I'm not as upset as most people are about Tua's shortcomings because I don't think they are shortcomings. I just think that's what he is. What about but you, Danny? In, in this offense, he puts up very gaudy numbers. He does. And unfortunately, when Against you're in really a, bad teams and when you're Go in ahead. a contract dispute, yeah, you use those numbers as leverage. So he's going to be asking for big money if he puts up gaudy numbers this coming year also. And with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I think it's very likely that he put up big numbers again. So if he gives you the same year that he just gave you this past season, what do you do? Do you give him that, that contract? I'll give him the bag now. If he did it back-to-back seasons, I'll give him the bag. Okay. Listen, the, the numbers you're talking about, Danny, is somewhere in the vicinity of what Joe Burrow is getting paid. Which is like four fifty, fifty-two million guaranteed or something like that, or annually. But the issue with that is that that's top QB money. And when you give QBs top money, they need to be able to carry you to the Super Bowl. Because once they get that money, the rest of the team suffers financially because you don't have enough money to go around to the rest of the team. Right. So if you're gonna give two of that money, he needs to be somebody that can carry you to the Super Bowl because that kind of money is gonna it's gonna stunt your growth. I agree. Because listen, Joe Burrow, I think, has all the tools to be able to carry you to a Super Bowl. 100%. And if you, and, and if you don't did. believe me, if you don't believe me, he already did it. And if yeah. you go look at his offensive line, he had like the 31st ranked offensive yeah, line. 100%. He had, I'm sorry, he had Jamar Chase. We had Jalen Waddle. So it's like the tools are there for both teams. But that's why I, I, can't, I can't say I give him the money now. I can't do it. I can't do it, Danny. Now, Danny, you said you wanted to bring up some points about Christian Wilkins and Andrew Van Ginkle before we move on. What you got? Oh, okay. Andrew Van Ginkle, I thought that he had a great year. Mm -hmm. But I was looking at some other pass rushers that are probably going to go for the same amount of money. Don't get disrespectful now. You've watched enough Jets games to see Bryce Huff play for the I have. I have. If you know that it's going to take the same amount of money to get one or the other, would you not rather have Bryce Huff? No, I'd rather have Andrew Van Ginkle. He, really? He's, okay. he's, he's already been here. Like right. He already knows but, his team. But Bryce Huff, percentage-wise, had the best uh, QB sack rating of anybody in the league because he barely got on the, on the field. But what he did, he was constantly getting at the quarterback. Andrew Van Ginkle... Although he is a hybrid because he can play in different places, I yeah. feel he's a little undersized to be a pass rusher. Even though he played great anyway, and I like Andrew Van Ginkle, but I feel like th- there are other better pass rushers because if what you're looking for is a pass rusher, I don't think Andrew Van Ginkle should come back here if you have the opportunity to get other guys. 
like a Bryce Huff. Because Bryce Huff, I mean, as, as a Jets fan, I am so disappointed that he's not coming back. But that kid is going to be a baller wherever he goes. I'm not disagreeing with you. The elusive Manny. Dolphins thirsty. Mr. Rob, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, t- listen, I need a time off. I need a time. And listen, if you if you are in the South Florida area or anywhere in Florida, I'll, well, I don't say anywhere in Florida. If you land in Jacksonville, I'm not coming to get you. But there's a QR code there, Danny. QR mm-hmm. code. Boom. Right, right there. Right there. That, that, that will lead you directly to my website. That is my driving company. We do everything. You could do courier services. We pick up from the airport. We'll take you to the port. Listen, I just had a team of 17 girlfriends and wives that I took care of in a sprinter van. Well, stop that. <laughs> in a sprinter van. I wasn't sure. I was waiting for the story. To I, I, okay. I, I took them. I took them all around Fort Lauderdale. They were bar oh, hopping left it. and right. So they needed a driver. If you need driving services in South Florida, I will be more than happy to take care of you while you're down here. Um, for me, for me, I bring Andrew Van Ginkle back. Is that your heart talking, though? Yes, 98%. Okay. <laughs> 98% my heart. I, I don't blame you. I get attached to players also. Yeah. But because I, I, could, I could take a step back, obviously, because I'm not a diehard Dolphin fan. Yeah. I, I think that although I, I do like Andrew Van Ginkle, I think he played great this year. I, I think he made the most out of his opportunity. I think he earned himself a nice contract. I still think Just that like Bryce Huff. Choose, Just like Bryce yes, Huff. I think Bryce Huff would be an upgrade as Pat Ru- at, at pass rusher for you guys. Agreed. Agreed, Franklin. Um, I think, like I said at the very beginning, Franklin, I think Mike McDaniel has shown you he can coach. He still makes new head coach mistakes. But again, we're... T- Can't do that year three. Correct. That right there, that exact comment is if people are scrutinizing him now... Mm-hmm. It's gonna get that much worse if he makes the. If you see him at the press conference again, and and him saying, "Listen, I pr- I promise, you know, next time I'll be better. I won't get away from the run." If we hear that type of sh- in year three, I promise you, he will not be the coach heading into year four. But Danny, last topic right here, Danny, don't get jealous. I went to a Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Listen. trying to not curse on this show. Uh, you can curse. So go ahead. No, it's I don't, don't want to curse. It's six weeks. Curse. I don't want to curse. I don't want to curse. All right. Franchise yeah. tag, Danny. Who are you giving it to? I think it's easy to say Christian Wilkins. I think it's easy to say Christian Wilkins. Is it not? From the potential free agent names that I gave you just a moment ago. What's the only other option? Robert Hunt? Yeah. That's it. And for but, me, as much as I love Robert Hunt, and I'm not shitting on guards, you can't draft another guard. Christian Wilkins, where we're picking in this draft in the 20s, I don't think you can find another Christian Wilkins in the 20s. I think giving him the franchise tag would be a mistake. Okay. then preach on I would it. give him a why. contract. When, when you get a franchise tag, they take like the average of all the contracts on that position or the highest 10 or something like that, the highest 10 paid players in that position, right. and that's what they get paid. Right now for defensive tackle – that's the third highest franchise tag you can get this year. Only behind quarterback and pass rusher. He would count for $23 million against the cap for you guys if you franchise tag him. Yeah. Right now, we, we've been talking about it when the show started, that at the moment, at this moment in time, they're negative, what, $50 million yeah. in, in, in salary cap? 
What you need is some cap relief. Do you believe that Christian Wilkins can produce for you for the next five years? I Four personally years? do. I do. Be, I, so I do, do believe that. So do I. So I think if you if you know that he's the type of player that you can invest money in long term because he's proven not only to be a good player but he seems to be a great locker room guy and yes. that's important also. You invest in him long term and you also make it a win now move because franchise tagging him on top of paying Tua was it twenty three million? Yeah. And then you got Tyreek Hill getting big money. Like this is a win team now in my opinion. Tyreek Hill counting $31.3 million against the cap right now. And right now, you're trying to figure out how to restructure different deals. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Give Christian Wilkins a four- or five-year co- uh, contract, backload it, give him a nice signing bonus, and call it a day for this season. Because right now, what you're trying to figure out is how to win now. And if you tie up a bunch of money, because giving him $23 million for a franchise tag, that's going to hurt you financially as far as the salary cap goes. And Here's the thing. Honestly, there's nobody else to give it to. You're not – we we literally went down the list of, of free agents. Right. Who else is it to give it to? I, I wouldn't give it to anybody else. Again, outside of Robert Hunt, I re-sign Christian Wilkins as soon as we get under this damn cap and free up some money. I re-sign him, franchise tag Robert Hunt if you can't work on a contract for him. But listen, I think Robert Hunt is more repl- – I hate saying it like that because he, he's been really good since he's been a Miami Dolphin. But I prefer not to lose Christian Wilkins. Yeah. No, All I, right. I think losing Christian Wilkins would be a big mistake. One final note on Christian Wilkins, which I'm curious about. Your boy, Quinnen Williams, is getting paid like a top-notch defensive tackle. And I told you, I think he is a top-notch defensive tackle. If Christian Wilkins wants Quinnen Williams' money, are you still on that same level that you have to get him signed? No. Neither am I. Christian Wilkins is great. Let, let's say we, we we put it into tiers, like yeah. top interior defensive lineman. I think mm-hmm. he is, is the top half of like a tier two. I agree. I, I don't I, think he's that top tier. Because, again, I know he's a Jet, but if you guys haven't seen Quentin Williams play, Quentin Williams opens the hole for so many other people. Kind of like how Tim Bowens and Daryl Gardner used to do for the Miami Dolphins. Quentin Williams is that guy. He but, also gets a, a lot of pressure on the QB. He gets sacks. Christian Wilkins is behind- great. Yes. yes. But yeah. Quentin Williams and Christian Wilkins, it's like they're they're not here. It's more like this. Yeah. It's close, so, but it's, it's, not, it's not the same, yeah. Right. All right, Danny, first show back in six weeks, season three. back talking football. Yeah, man. Season three. Episode 39 here of the Battle Frames. Any any final notes before we head out of here? No, we are two weeks and a day away from official free agency beginning. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm just excited that, that six weeks is enough time for me to wash off the wounds from last year, and I'm ready to Please get hurt me. again. Yeah, I'm ready to get hurt again. So let, let's get it started all over again. Let the let the optimism begin. That's you a, know, this is my favorite time of year, the off season. Um, I will obviously. I don't. I don't know if we'll we'll be back next Monday, but we'll definitely be back. You know, March eleventh. Right. If news pops off, we will be there. Um, yeah, more maybe more, in two weeks. The, yeah. More the more cuts that happen, the more news that comes out. But we're officially back. We're officially done with vacation. Um, if you guys like soccer, 
Danny has like 5,000 gazillion followers on his Inner Miami show where they talk about Lionel Messi, Suarez, and a bunch of other people that I don't know because I don't follow soccer. Sammy, you may enjoy it if you like Inner Miami, if you like soccer. That You should definitely go give this guy a follow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it's been amazing to be back with you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. And um, the Bearded Fanatic is back. Catch me on DolphinStock.com as well. And, um, you know, until the season says hates. Fence <laughs> up. Facts. Uh, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for always following us. Thank you for always showing love. Make sure that you like, comment, retweet, all that good stuff when we go ahead and post the clips of this episode on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Danny, lead us out of here, man. All right. If you are listening on audio, we appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe, leave five-star review, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. And as always, if you're in the chat, we appreciate you hanging with us for the last 40 minutes, uh, being part of the show, giving us your two cents. And um, as always, until the next one, have a good one.